This is Annie Stevens-Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. Good evening. This is Reverend Gary Lubin, serving as deacon with the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to our daily devotion in the early evening for individuals and families from page 139 of the Book of Common Prayer. The reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verses 18 through 35. Now let us begin our worship together. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun, and our eyes behold the vesper light. We sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. The disciples of John reported all these things to him, So John summoned two of his disciples and sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to expect someone else? When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to expect someone else? Jesus had just then cured many people of diseases, afflictions, and evil spirits, and had given sight to many who were blind. And he answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Those with a skin disease are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. When John's messengers had gone, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who put on fine clothing and live in luxury are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, no one is greater than John. Yet, the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And all the people who heard this, including the tax collectors, acknowledged the justice of God, having been baptized with John's baptism. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law, not having been baptized by him, rejected God's purpose for themselves. To what then will I compare the people of this generation, and what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not weep. 
For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say, He has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Nevertheless, wisdom is vindicated by all her children. The Gospel of our Lord. Good evening. Today's reading from the Gospel of Luke has three parts. Part 1. Jesus defends himself. After John the Baptist is arrested by Herod, and we know how that ends, while he recognizes and proclaims Jesus as the Messiah, John learns some things about Jesus' ministry which apparently upset him greatly. John is puzzled why Jesus' ministry lacks fiery words and actions. Remember, leading up to when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, John said this, One who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. It seems to me that John's idea of the end times is quite different from Jesus' unfolding ministry of compassion. I'm thinking Jesus preaching forgiveness of sins and love of neighbor was not the message he particularly wanted or expected. After all, John was a fire and brimstone kind of prophet, much like we find in the Old Testament, who probably expected a judgmental, vengeful messiah perhaps even an unappeasable punisher. So from his prison cell, John the Baptist sends messengers to ask Jesus this question about Jesus' Messiahship. Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus said, Go and tell John what you hear and see. Jesus' answer points to his own words, actions, and results, which do, you know, in fact, fulfill the messianic prophecies. Jesus' message was one of compassion, of healing, of unconditional forgiveness, of love, love God, love one another. Part 2. So, after John's messengers have left the scene, Jesus presents to the crowds his view of John the Baptist. Jesus recognized John in his own right as an important messenger from God. John was the first prophet to come along in a while. The most recent one of note was the Old Testament era Malachi, some 430 years earlier, who emphasized the necessity of proper worship condemned divorce, and announced the day of judgment was imminent. Well, not much changed in the way of prophetic imagination in that time. Luke tells us that John came with the spirit and power of Elijah, of whom Malachi foretold. Jesus proclaims that John is a prophet, in Jesus' words, a prophet. Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. Impressive. Jesus says there's no person like him. In Jesus' words, no one is greater than John. 
on the planet Earth, that is. Jesus puts John in perspective by saying, Yet the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Jesus is presenting historical perspective. An old age has ended with John. The Old Testament has been fulfilled. A new age is just beginning with Jesus. And we are in it now. Part 3. Jesus wraps things up by telling a pithy parable of fickle children in the marketplace who cannot seem to be satisfied, no matter what. To what then will I compare the people of this generation, and what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not weep. Now, who is the musician in this parable, and who is the wailer? The ascetic John eats no bread and drinks no wine, eating instead locusts and honey. He wails his heart out, wailing, crying out in the desert places. For doing these things, John is denigrated, being labeled a demoniac by the religious establishment who themselves absolutely refuse to wail, to mourn, lament, or weep, or repent for that matter. Hard-hearted they are. Now, Jesus is the musician in more ways than one, plays the flute, eating, drinking, and celebrating with tax collectors and sinners, maybe even playfully, treating them as his brothers and sisters, friends in Christ, as it were. The same religious establishment who condemned John also condemned Jesus, who observes that they do not dance, they do not hear the music, do not celebrate. They instead label Jesus as a glutton and a drunkard. They wish neither for John nor Jesus. The rule of the day, you know, is there is nothing constant in the world or in life except change. True, ever since the beginning. And this has been the experience of my life. Do you not agree? The reign of God is forceful, involving growth, even compelling it, certainly not static, not fixed in time or place or with a certain people, with a certain society, or with a certain nation or empire either. It is like a dynamic wave in the ocean, always moving. The reign of God is pervasive and to be shared. Ending the old age, John the Baptist was martyred as he was beheaded by a fearful Herod. Beginning the new age, Jesus completed his ministry. Do not be afraid. Love God. Love one another. During Holy Week leading up to his crucifixion, Jesus promised that after him, the Advocate or Holy Spirit would teach us everything and remind us of all that he said to us. Perhaps Jesus had this in mind when, after telling the parable of the fickle children, he says this, Wisdom is vindicated by all her children. 
We are reminded about what Jesus says that in the Bible, wisdom is portrayed in the feminine. I believe the wisdom Jesus is referring to is her, the Holy Spirit, who is with us now, sustaining and guiding us. Wise children are those who accept both John and Jesus, fulfilling God's salvific history and God's message of love, exampled through Jesus. According to a recent New York Times editorial, a recent Quinnipiac University poll found that, amazingly, blowing my mind, 69% of Democrats and 69% of Republicans agree on something. They agree that democracy is, quote, in danger of collapse, end quote. However, one side blames former President Donald J. Trump and his MAGA Republicans, while the other accusingly points their fingers at President Biden and the Socialist Democrats. Well, if they had contacted me, I would have shared with them the three-part story from Luke, demonstrating that faith embodied in Jesus was so radically new that it fulfilled and replaced all that had passed. And you know what? The truth applies even more in today's contentious times. So just exactly where is Jesus in all of this mess? In today's overly complicated and contentious world, it could be argued that society in general and the church or churches in particular are facing challenges of authenticity and relevancy. It seems to me we're having an identity crisis of some sort struggling with being relevant, meaningful, and authentically relational. Yet, Remembering that change is always constant, we are always in process and always changing, being guided by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives me hope that all things will be well. The measure of change is simple to understand, yet admittedly complex and difficult to implement. The measure of success is to answer this question in the affirmative. No matter what side you're on, does what we say and do demonstrate love? And I'm not, I'm not talking about some kind of sappy, silly, syrupy, sentimentalized puppy love with a small L, but the sacrificial love with a capital L that Jesus is talking about that exemplifies the reign of God. Amen. It is not ourselves that we proclaim. We proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. For the same God who said, out of darkness let light shine, has caused his light to shine within us, to give the light of revelation, the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let us now say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, 
You are always more ready to hear than we to pray, and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask, except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Let us now pause to take some time, and, you know, pause our worship together if you need to do that, to offer up our prayers of intercession, thanksgiving, and praise for the world, for the church, for our national life, for the social and natural orders, for family and personal life, and in particular for those who are suffering and those who have died. O God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us, unite us in bonds of love, and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth, that in your good time all nations and all the peoples of the one human race may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may so move every human heart, and especially the hearts of the people of this land, that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatred cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you were revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Now go in peace, hope, and joy to love and serve our God in the name of our teacher and Savior Jesus.